Thank you for listening to the sermon audio podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. Now here's a message from our senior pastor, Brian Bond. All right, how's everybody doing? Not wearing maroon today for any particular reason. Just thought it was a good day to wear maroon. I love y'all Aggies. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're continuing our series called Stone Faced. And uh, that comes from Isaiah 50, verse 7, where it says, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. Um, That's our kind of the theme verse of our series, and today we're going to be in the ever-popular, and I'm sure it's many of your favorite books, Habakkuk will be our first beginning. (laughs) That's actually a book in the, how many of y'all are like, well, that's a book in the Bible? No, you don't have to raise your hand for that. Yes, it's right after Nahum and right before Zephaniah. So we're going to start in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. You can turn there if you want to. Um, You may need to go to the beginning. It's on page 757 in my Bible, in the right one. Um, But I will have it up on the screen so you don't have to worry about that. But we're going to talk about um, something today that I really believe um, is critical for all of us. And here's the question that I'd have to you to begin today, and that is, you know, at at some point... In all of our lives, they're going to, people are going to describe you. And how would you like to be, if you only had one word, what would you want that word to be to describe your life? You know, and we might have different thoughts or responses to that. You know, it might be, some people might think successful, some people might think happy. Um, but there's really one word in Scripture that is really kind of above all, um, and it comes through the form of when Jesus addresses servants at the end of their life or the end of a task, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And faithful has a lot of meaning to it. You know, faithful is a word that uh, people admire, but is not easy to attain. Faithfulness is not simply doing things when we feel like it or when things are going well. Faithfulness is really determined when it's hard. And if you're going to follow Christ, Jesus told us, there are going to be difficult days. There are going to be people that are going to persecute you. There are going to be those that are going to hate you. There are going to be troubles that you're going to find in this world. And it's in those moments when faithfulness is really determined. Are you going to be faithful when taking the next step is hard? Are you going to be faithful when taking the next step may cost you Are you going to be faithful when it's just not easy? And so I want to start today in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. And if you'd please stand and honor the reading of God's Word. It says, Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, over and over again through the Scripture... That word faithfulness is a hallmark of those that God uses. And Jesus spoke about it. And we're going to look at one of his parables in Matthew chapter 25. And it's the parable um, where the master comes, and I'll read to you verses 14 and 15. 
It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. And that's an, uh, it's used as an example of when Jesus leaves the disciples, leaves the earth, before he returns, you know, and then that time in between before Jesus returns. It says, he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of, there are a couple things here. You know, what is, what is this symbolic of? Because a parable is an illustration of truth. And so there are different things that people can see as the money represents. You know, how much money was it? There's a lot of debate about that. In my, in my estimation, from all I've been able to tell, um, each bag of silver was, it's also described as a talent in other places, was about a year's wages. So he gave one guy five years wages, one guy two guy, two, two years wages, and one guy approximately one year of age. Uh, well, excuse me, one year's wage. And so the question is, you know, what does that, what does that mean? Well, here's, here's part of what I see is that God gives us more than we need to accomplish what he wants. And so there's a resource part of this. You know, everything that you have is a gift from God. And everything that I own, I see as God has given it to me to steward, to watch over and to do with those resources that God has given to me the best that I can. I mean, the fact is that everything that I own, quote, own, is going to be somebody else's or going to be in a junkyard or in the, or in the dirt or whatever. Every, you don't get to keep anything. I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter if you build, spend your whole life building a place or a ranch or whatever. At some point, somebody else is going to own it. No matter what it is that you have in your house, it's either going to disintegrate to nothing or somebody else is going to have it. So you just are really borrowing it for a period of time. And so what are you doing with what God has blessed and given you with? And that can include your, your resources, your finances, the things on this earth, and also the gifts that he has given you, the abilities that you have. What are you doing with the abilities that God's given you? Now, inside of those abilities and inside those resources, there's a task. You know, he gave them these resources, but he expected them to do something with them, to multiply them, to, to when he came back, and we're going to get to that in a moment, that there'd be a return on what he had given them. And so there's two different ways I want us to see this. Number one is that when we get to the end of our life, whether Jesus calls us home or we meet him in the air all together, which I'm, I'm for that, I'm just seeing Jesus come back like this week. Um, I'm, I'm cool with that. So... Well, whenever that time is, we're going to stand before God and there is going to be a judgment. Now, we're not going to be judged for every sin that we've committed because Jesus already paid for those. But we are going to be judged with what we did with this life. You know, the scriptures talks about that we're going to give an account for every careless word that we've spoken, that our works are going to be brought out. That's what we did with the things that God gave us. And so ultimately in the end, we're going to receive a reward based on what we've done here on this earth with what God's given us. You know, when we start out, you read that, well, how come one guy got five and one guy got two and one guy got one? But the real question is not, why did God give somebody else more than he gave me? The real question is, 
What am I doing with what God gave me? That's the real question. And that's what we have to ask. Are we being faithful with the resources God's given us? Are we being faithful with the task that he's given us? We're going to get into that a little bit more. So anyway, moving on in this story, it says the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silvers also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he said entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So there's a couple of things that I want us to see here. Is the, the one who was faithful, he took the resources and the tasks that God had given him. He was faithful in those. That didn't happen over a short period of time. The, the, the key, one of the key phrases in this is that he was gone for a long period of time. And so it's not like in two months he had to double the master's money. He invested it over a long period of time. And there was a return on what his master had entrusted him with. That was never his money. Those were never his resources. They were given to him, entrusted to him, to use and to make something with while the master was gone. And that happened over a long period of time. And so what God's given to you is a lifetime to do something with that. Now, how long is your life going to be? I have no idea. How long is mine going to be? I don't know. But here's the thing. Faithfulness is not going out and, and doing some great, big, spectacular thing. It's doing little things every day. Faithfulness is not one time making a big show of something. It's living it out every single day. And so that is what the master is rewarding. Now, the one who had two bags came back and brought four. And guess what? God promised him the same reward. He was faithful. The words to the master were the same thing, exactly the same for the man who had been given two bags of silver and came back with four, as for the man who'd been given five bags and came back with ten. So we need to understand that the key thing is not, well, I didn't, how come I don't have what they got? It's what are you doing with what God gave you? And your reward is going to come, not what you did based on or compared to what somebody else did, it's going to be how faithful were you to what God put in front of you, to the resources that he gave you. That's going to be the key. Now, there's two things, all right? One of the things is that sometimes people don't understand that there are oftentimes current life lessons from these parables, just as there's a lesson about the afterlife. So there's a reward, but there's also a message in here about the life that we live right here. You see, what Jesus is looking for is the same thing that he's looking for in his church. It's the same thing that his church is looking for. It's the same thing that we look for 
in leadership as we look for other leadership leaders in this church. I'm not looking for somebody that's not faithful in the small things. I'm looking for somebody that's faithful. You know, when you come to this church, one of the things we tell you as you join is that, hey, we want you to serve somewhere. And that's different from person to person. Maybe somebody leads a ministry. Maybe somebody's a greeter. Maybe somebody's leading a Bible study. Maybe somebody helps on the finance team or whatever that is. There's all different kind of things and opportunities to be faithful. But one of the things that is clear is that we usually don't, we don't start out by giving you a leadership over a whole ministry, is we'll say, do this. And here's the thing. If you can't be faithful to show up and be a greeter every week, why would we give you a full ministry? You know, we lost the whole family one time because we had a, a vacancy on our church staff for a period of time. And a guy came up, and I love the guy. And he said, hey, my, my wife wants to, you know, help lead that while we're in between. And I'm like, here was the problem. She, she came to church like once a year. I mean, that's like the lowest bar of faith. You know what I'm saying? I mean, why would I? And I just, there were two things. I couldn't understand why they couldn't understand that I wasn't going to put somebody that didn't even come to church in leadership over a ministry. But that's what we look for. We're not looking for, hey, who is the, who's that charismatic, super talented person? I don't care how talented you are and how charismatic and how gifted you are. If you can't be trusted to just show up, why would I give you responsibility over something that matters? This, guess what? Some of you, you keep thinking that God's going to give you this greater ministry or there's going to be something bigger for you down the road, but you ain't getting it because you ain't doing the little thing he's told you to do right now. God's looking for you to be faithful every day. And those entry are those sometimes the, the, what you might think, and trust me, being a greeter is a big deal at our church. Because people make up their minds about our church long before they get in this building. And if you're out there going, hey, whatever, use the other door. Or, you know, we don't get people like that to be greeters. We want you to be enthusiastic. Welcome people. It has a huge impact. But we also need you to show up. When you have kids in our preschool area, we ask people to give one hour a month or every five or six weeks to serve back there because believe it or not, we need some help and we want to make sure it's fully staffed and we'll just pay people. You can't even find people. You can't find people to do that. We fill in a hole every now and then, but we need people to serve back there. And here's the deal. If you can't be trusted to do the minimum little thing, don't be thinking that, oh yeah, we're just going to let you do that later on. We're looking for people who are faithful. You know, if you go out in the world, this principle works everywhere. You go out in the world, I guarantee you, if you will just go and work hard and have a good attitude and show up every day when you're supposed to, you'll get promoted. Because there's people out there constantly begging. They're not saying, man, I need some more upper management level people. I'm just really having a hard time. They're not. You know what they're having a hard time finding? It's just people coming to work at all. 
And the ones that come in and work are the ones who get promoted up. There has never been a greater opportunity to go and just start working somewhere and work your way up in a company than there is right now. There's just not, I mean, just go and be faithful. You know, there's a saying going around now that says, well, just, you know, work your wage. You know what they're saying is, well, if you don't think you're being paid enough, then just work down to the level that you think you're being paid at. That is a recipe for disaster. Who wants, who's looking for an employee like that? Oh, you know what? They're not doing a very good job. But let's give them a bigger, more important job and see if they do better with that. Who does that? Guess what? God ain't doing that either. God's looking for faithful people. And you know what? Here's the deal. Faithful people are going to be given more responsibility than even more gifted people who refuse to be faithful. Be faithful. Here's what happens when the guy with one bag, the one who buried it in the ground, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Now here's the difference. The master didn't tell him to go and create out of nothing. He gave him everything he needed to be successful. So he's got a, a, an unrealistic or a, a, a distorted view of God. And sometimes people do. He said, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do, no, do nothing, from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now here's the deal. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? And you're like, man, that, that's rough. But here's what I want you to catch from that. Over a long period of time, all he had to do was take the money and put it in the bank. And his master would have been pleased. Now, I don't know about you, but that don't seem like a whole lot of doing right there, does it? You see what he said to him? If you had just done anything, if you'd just done the bare minimum, I'd have been pleased with you. So here's the deal. What have you been given? What are you doing with it? Now, I'm not talking about your bank account, although that's part of it. You know what? We, we, better, we need to be faithful with what God's given us. To return unto God what is God's. And to be generous when God's given us the opportunity to. That's true. But what, you have ability. You have gifts. You have things that God's given you that no one else can do. There are people out there that you can reach and talk to about Jesus better than anybody else on the planet. I believe that 
What are you doing with what God gave you? Well, you know, it's just, it's not really that important. It, it doesn't matter. You may think it's not important. It may have greater return than you even had a, any idea of. The key part is being faithful. Luke 16.10, if you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. You know, it, it really comes down to, to that. It's just being faithful. And being faithful is not a, it's not every now and then doing something grand and huge and big. You know, a number of years ago, a, a famous sports star, which this could mean one of many, but was caught being unfaithful to his wife. And within a few days, she shows up and she's wearing this huge diamond, like multi-carat ring. That's not faithfulness. That's trying to appease for unfaithfulness. You see, God doesn't say, hey, go make up for your sin. All he says is, just every day, do what it takes to be faithful. Do what it takes to be faithful. And sometimes we get in this idea of thinking, hey, you know what, this really isn't important enough. It really it doesn't matter. So what does it matter if I'm faithful or not? Well, you get in the next assignment, God using you in something greater, God blessing you with more, has to do with you being faithful with the part he's given you now. If you want to go through life thinking, well, if I ever make this amount of money, then I'll be faithful to God and I'll, I'll be generous to people, then you are never going to get there. And even if you do, you still won't be faithful. If you're thinking, well, if God would ever give me, put me in this position of leadership, then I'd really, you know, I, I'd think that was important and I'd really do it. But you're not going to be faithful to the little thing that he's put in front of you right now. You will never get to that spot. Be faithful where you are with what you've been given and the opportunities and the tasks you have in front of you. Part of that is being a faithful ambassador. Do y'all know we're, we're ambassadors for Christ? Everywhere we go, all the time. This last week, you came across and interacted with a lot of people during the week, most likely. At least some whether it was in the drive-thru, whether it was going into a store, whether it was in a place that you worked, whether it was other parents at a sporting event, you interacted with other people. And you have an obligation in those moments and those interactions to be an ambassador for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 through 20. For God was in Christ, reconciling the word to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. You know, I'm going to confess to you, I'm not always the most patient person in the world. I get annoyed about stuff. Mainly some of the people driving around Weatherford. That annoys me greatly. 
But I can get annoyed in stores. People cut in line. I get annoyed in this. I, I, I get aggravated sometimes. I don't know about y'all. But you know what? I, I, I'm not going to say I've been 100% perfect at it. I can't remember a specific instance. But whenever I go into a restaurant, if I get bad service, I smile and I tip and I don't say nothing. If I go into a store and somebody does says something to me, I smile and I pay, pay whatever I got to pay and I, and I go on. Somebody cuts me off, I mumble under my breath a little bit, but I don't honk and do, nothing, do stuff like that. You want to know why? Because I, I know, what if that next Sunday, that person that I jump all over because they didn't fill, keep my tea glass full, which is a big deal to me, just going to be honest. <laughs> what if they walk in this church and they see me? And I get up here and they go, oh, that's that guy. Mm. I don't, I'm not willing to take a chance on that. Hey, there was, a, there was a lady spilled an entire glass of tea right in my lap. And I just said, cold, it was cold, I'm telling you. And I just went, that, that's all right, no big deal. We can wipe that up. So no, no problem, thanks a lot. I don't know if she ever came to church here or not, but she wouldn't leave mad because I, I went crazy. I'm telling you that. I don't, want to, I don't want to chance that. Now, guess what? What if all the people that you had interactions with this last week had showed up to church this week and sat right around you and said, oh, so you go to this church? How would that go? Because guess what? Whether you thought about it, whether it occurred to you, you're an ambassador for Christ in every circumstance. And so whenever we come across people we need to remember whether they know it or not. Now, I, I get it. You don't always get a chance. If you're going through roses on Tuesday night through the drive-thru, don't sit there and give me your five-minute life story in the drive-thru. Everybody behind you is mad, and they're just like, would you hurry? Just, but even in those moments, be kind. Say something encouraging. Leave an impression. If, hey, maybe they're frustrated. Instead of getting frustrated back at them, maybe you can say something that's encouraging. Maybe you can change the climate, the atmosphere in that moment. That's your responsibility. Well, that ain't fair. You don't know what they did. I don't care what they did to you. You represent someone everywhere you go, in every circumstance, every person you come across. You represent. Now, you might think, well, they don't know. They'll never know. They'll just never know. Let me tell you what. I was sitting in a parking lot in the mountains in New Mexico, and I was just kind of daydreaming, thinking, you know what, man? Nobody knows me here. And that my wife was in this little grocery store. You know, she looked up on them online. We found it. And she comes walking out with seven people that were a family of our regular churchgoers. And I just went, all right, God, I get it. <laughs> you never know. And so you got to be an ambassador for Christ all the time. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You know, I know our world glorifies people 
getting on YouTube and ranting at somebody and calling them out and doing all that, that's not for us. Our job is to be helpful and to be an encouragement to everybody that we come across. Is it hard sometimes? Abso-honking-lutely. Do it anyway. Be faithful. Do you know what? If you go to have this one person and you're like super generous with them and super nice and you do all these things, but the other 10 people you come in contact with, you are rude and hateful, that doesn't erase all that. That's called being unfaithful. Being faithful is hard. Sometimes it's going to cost you. Swallowing your pride, swallowing your anger, even swallowing righteous anger. Even if they did you wrong. I'm not saying you, just, you can't say, hey, I don't think this bill's right. I don't, but be polite, be kind. Do it the right way. Be an ambassador for Christ. And every person you come across, just ask yourself, what would I do if they came in and sat down at church, and this was their first time ever in church, this next Sunday, and sat down right next to me, this person? Because it could happen. Be faithful as an ambassador. Be faithful in what you've given. And then the last thing I want to talk to you about today is being faithfully compelled. What does that mean? Acts 20, 23 through 24 says, Now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling the others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. You know, there are times when God compels us about something. And a lot of times, there have been times through the years people come up to me and say, hey, you know what, God's really put this on my heart. This is really important. This is something we need to do. And there's times I've been like, hey, you know what? That might be something that our church needs to do. And then there's other times I'm like, man, that's great. I, I, I think that's a, a, a legit, valid thing. But guess what? I don't think God's calling us to do it. I think he's calling you to do it. Let me tell you about some people in our church. This guy named Dylan, he came up to me one time and said, man, I really feel like we need to minister to our people here who are in law enforcement and are vets. I said, man, you know what? I think that's a great idea. And you know what he did? He went out and found somebody else. And they started a Bible study and a ministry to, to reach out to folks who were in that kind of life circumstance. There's a woman named Deanne. And she's kind of restricted in what she can do because she has to help a relative who's in, in poor health. But you know what she can do and what she decided? She just started encouraging people. She would write notes, cards, and send it to people. And man, she has a gift for encouraging people. If I ever get a note from her, I, I, I'm, I can't wait to go open it because I know there are words in there that are going to touch and encourage you. And I, I know some of y'all have gotten notes from her. And she didn't go and say, hey, you know what, we need to do more of this. She said, man, I, I feel compelled about this. And so she did it. A lady named Tam came to me and said, hey, you know, I really feel like God's calling to, to, to go do something with 
these rodeo students that come to college here and, and, are, and are a part of that. And I said, hey, you know what? That's great. I think God's compelling you to do that. And she did it. She set up a ministry. Some of you guys are partners with them and have them into your homes on a regular basis. And they had a meeting a few weeks ago where she asked Ronnie to come and, and share the gospel. And I believe it was 17 people accepted Christ because God compelled her. Now, it may not always look like that. Maybe God's compelling you because, and this should always be our first thing, He wants you to pray. That should be our first response is to pray. But understand when God compels you, He's not compelling somebody else, He's compelling you. Now maybe it's just to go get involved in what somebody else is doing. Maybe it's to be a support person. Maybe it is to lead it. But when God's calling you, be faithful and obey. Because even though those things can be scary and they can be hard and sometimes they're trial and error and sometimes you try one thing it doesn't work, you try something else. You know, that's one of the things that, that none of the servants came back and said, hey, out of all these things I've invested through the years, some of them didn't work, but these worked really well. They were faithful. And that's what he said to him. He didn't say, well done, good and talented, super awesome servants. He said, well done, good and faithful servants. That's what God's looking for is faithfulness. You know, here's the, here's the secret. He doesn't need your abilities. He doesn't need... See, sometimes we think, well, I, don't, I can't do that. If God's calling you to do it, you can. And so my, my encouragement to you is, what are you doing? Are you being faithful with what God's given you right now? And you know what? Maybe that's a small task and it doesn't seem like much. But it's a stepping stone. It's a building block for the next thing that God wants you to have. Maybe it's the beginning of something bigger. You know, some people never see what God can do through them because they're never faithful in the little things. And the little things matter. Be faithful. And it may not always look like what you think it should. You know, when I first got here, people call up and say, hey, can we have the fellowship hall set up for Thursday evening? We're going to do this, that, and... We'd say, sure. And that meant John and I went in there and set up the fellowship hall. That's what we did. And then after it was over, we went in and took it all down, put it up. That was part of the deal. You know, now God's blessed us with the ability to hire enough staff, and, and uh, we have people that can do those things, and I love them. I love them a lot, I'm just telling you. But you know what? In the, in the, for years and years and years, we just did whatever needed to be done. And I really believe God honors that faithfulness in things that sometimes nobody else sees and that we think is not a big deal. God just wants us to be faithful. Are you being faithful with what He's given you? And are you being faithful with what's in front of you right now? Because that's going to determine the next thing and then the thing after that and the thing after that. Be faithful.
Are you being a faithful ambassador? Hey, go into every interaction with people thinking, man, I want to I make a difference. Even if it's just in making somebody smile for a moment. Maybe it's just a quick word of encouragement. Maybe it's just by being nice. But I want to be a, a, a faithful ambassador. And then the last thing, and some of you may be, well, I don't, I don't really feel compelled towards anything. That's okay. Just be open to it and be ready when it comes. When God puts something on your heart, pray first and see where it leads, but be willing. Either way, Christ's love controls us, 2 Corinthians 5. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we've all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Now, I understand there's some of you in here and maybe you're thinking about times when you weren't faithful. Things you bailed out on when you shouldn't have. Things you didn't follow through. Things that opportunities God put in front of you. And you know what? Don't sit around waiting for that exact opportunity to come along again. It may not. You know, we say that God is a God of second chances, but the better way of saying it is that God is a God of endless opportunities. And when we miss one or we blow it, or we don't follow through on it like we should, or, or, or we mess it up or whatever, it doesn't mean God's going to let us do that again, but what it does mean is there'll be another opportunity. And be ready to be faithful for that one. Because God will never give up on you. But he wants us to be faithful. You know, if there was one word that we should all strive to hear from our Heavenly Father when we come face to faith is that He would call us faithful. There is no greater word. Well done, good and faithful servant. Be faithful. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? Faithful, obviously, begins with faith. And that begins with a relationship with Jesus. You know, it says in Acts that there is no other name given to man under heaven by which we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. And so how do we have a relationship with him? How do we begin it? There's three simple steps. First, you've got to admit that you're a sinner and ask forgiveness of your sins. The Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. But God loved you enough that even though we fell short, he sent his son to die on the cross. And that's the second part. You've got to believe in Jesus. Jesus wasn't just some guy. He's God's son. He lived a sinless life so that his sacrifice, his death, could be as a substitute for those who have sinned, me and you. He died on the cross for your sins and mine. And then on the third day, he came to life. He was resurrected according to the scripture. You got to believe that about Jesus, that he was God in the flesh and is God. And then the last thing the scripture tells us that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
So when you come to him, you come saying, God, I'm going to follow your ways. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to do life according to your will and your word. Now, Jesus knows, and he, he always has known, that we're not going to do that perfectly here on this earth. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have moments where we need to come back to God and say, forgive me, I blew it again. But he forgives. And once you belong to him, you will always be his. So if you'd like to know that your sins are forgiven, if you'd like to know that you have peace with God, that you have a right relationship with Him. And then last, if you'd like to know that someday He will welcome you into heaven where you'll spend eternity, I want to give you the opportunity to begin that relationship with Him right now. And so I'm going to lead anyone who would like to in a brief prayer of salvation. You can repeat it after me or pray it in your own words, but I want you to pray it in your heart. God will hear you. You don't have to pray it out loud. But pray it with me right now. Dear God, thank you for loving me. And thank you for Jesus. God, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart, my life. Cleanse me. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose on the third day according to Scripture. So today, I trust Jesus as my Savior, and I confess Him as my Lord. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, I, I'm not going to ask you to stand up. You don't have to say anything. Here's all I want you to do while everyone else is, their head's still bowed. If you prayed that prayer today in your minute, I want you to look up at me and keep looking until I see you. Look up at me right now. But here's what I want, want you to do. If you prayed that prayer today and you came with your parents, your mom or dad, I want you to tell them after the service that you asked Jesus into your heart during the service, okay? If you are here by yourself, you're an adult, we'd love for you to just text us at the number that's on the screen. There's a QR code there as well. We'd rather use that. It's also in your bulletin. Just text, I did it to that number. And we'll have someone get in touch with you and set up a time to talk to you answer any questions, and talk to you about the next steps in following Jesus. If you're interested in being a part of this church family through membership, you can just text membership to that number and we'll get with you. We'd love to hear from you. Right now, I want to pray that God would help us to be faithful, that he'd help us to remember this week that every interaction with people that we have is an opportunity to be an ambassador for Jesus. And that he'd help us to be faithful in the little things and to respond to those urgings and those times when he compels us. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for Jesus. God, we need your strength to be faithful. And Lord, we ask for strength. We ask for your guidance. We ask that your spirit would remind us Father, just put one foot in front of the other. Just take the next step. Thank you, God, for what you've given us, 
Thank you for allowing us to use that, for it to be a part of our lives as we serve and love you and help us to use it, Lord, for your glory. We pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. You can find links to topics and scriptures discussed in this episode by looking at the show notes. You can find more information online at greenwood.church. If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to info at greenwoodbc.com.